Hi, and welcome to Rolled Stone. Today's episode is going to be episode four, Taking the Lord's Name in Vain. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, and welcome to Rolled Stone, episode four. Today we're going to talk about the third commandment. You're going to find this in Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. So what does that actually mean? Doesn't mean you shouldn't curse, doesn't mean you shouldn't write down God's name, doesn't mean you should be making claims in his name. So we're going to kind of shed some light on this meaning by kind of looking at different aspects of it and looking at some scripture that talks about this. And I think the best way to tackle this right off the bat is to what we've been doing the last few podcasts with the, the commandments is just kind of define what's going on here. And what we're going to do here is we're going to define the word vain. What does it actually mean? You know, we hear that a lot in, you know, song titles and literature that you read or people use it sometimes, you know, just in conversation. And I think that knowing what it actually means is going to really help set, shed some light on, on what the commandment is actually saying here. So we're going to look at Strong's Concordance. Uh, we're going to be looking at the definition used in the Hebrew section. It is 7723, and it is defined as the following. Evil, destructive, false, deceptive, lying, used in idolatry, emptiness, ruin, uselessness, worthless, without result, fraud, used primarily as a word for deceit, lie, or a falsehood. So I was doing my research for this. I came across uh, an interview on the Bible Project uh, podcast with Dr. Carmen Imez. And uh, this is actually going to be in my show notes. So if you want to check this one out, go check out my show notes. Dr. Carmen Imez is the Associate Professor of Old Testament and the Program Coordinator for the Bible and Theology at Prairie College in Canada. And this episode can be found under Episode 9, Other Episodes and Interviews on the Bible Project website. In this interview, she states that there are 20 different ways to interpret this commandment as translated from the original Hebrew. So overall, the basic concept that we're going to see throughout this podcast is do not misrepresent Yahweh. Do not misrepresent God. But for the simplicity of what we're doing here, I'm just going to boil it down to three main points. Okay, so we're going to take these 23 and I'm going to try to boil them down to, down to three. So the first one we're going to tackle is using God's name for your own gain. Okay, so what does that mean, you know, your own gain? Well, I, I think this should be pretty self-explanatory, but we're going to dig into it anyway. And that is using his name in any way to gain things for yourself, like power, fame, wealth, anything you would use to get what you want by using God's name. And a good example of this is, and I know I'm going to open up a can of worms here, is the Prosperity Gospels. This has been going on for some time. I remember seeing these folks on TV asking for money to do God's work, and they will send you a piece of cloth that has been blessed directly by him. Or they're on Facebook saying things like, Jesus or God will give you the monetary means of what you desire. All you need to do is type amen to claim it. And they do this in God's name. But then they ask for financial offerings to their ministry to give riches and blessings to you. And then they keep doing this over and over again. You know, but here's the, here's the kicker. It really only benefits them. Now, we talked about this in our episode of prayer, that God is not a vending machine. Typing amen on Facebook does not get you riches. It's not going to happen. Okay, what it's going to do is going to further that prophet's exposure. And I use prophets loosely. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me do it. And it lets them reach out to more folks. And then when they start to do that, these people start following them. And then they think, oh, if I send this guy money and I type amen on this pod, you know, on this, this post on Facebook, God's going to make all this money and I'm going to be rich. It doesn't work that way. You know, the self-proposed prophet doesn't have the ability to do that for you. And you get nothing but an empty bank account. 
the one thing I want to talk about here real quick, and I know I'm going to kind of get off a tangent, is that what God really wants, he doesn't want you to have money and riches and wealth and power. What he really wants is just a relationship with you. He is not interested in your financial status. He doesn't care how many likes you get on Facebook. All of the things that we think that he wants, he doesn't. He wants to just have you to sit at his table, dwell in his kingdom, and have a relationship. From the very beginning, that's all he's ever wanted, was an honest relationship with his creation. So with that in mind, we're now going to go back to our regular scheduled program that's already in progress. So the next thing that people do by using God is to justify their actions. Okay, and this is done by saying things like, God just wants me to be happy so I can do this. Or God, you know, God would want me to do this. And misrepresenting the scripture to t- or twisting the words of the scripture to make it look like you're justified. But when you do this, all you're doing is just justifying your actions to yourself and using God as a scapegoat for your behavior. Okay, so we don't do that. It's not, it's not good. You know, don't use God to justify your actions. And we've seen that throughout history. The last group we're going to look at is cursing God's name. So what does this actually mean? It's not using curse words, but it's doing actions on purpose that are against God in his name. So although using his name in connection with you know, a word like, like damn is taking his name in vain, we will see here why in a little bit. So what is a curse? Let's talk about that. A short definition of a curse is that it is a pronouncement of ill fortune against someone or something. Okay, in, in our case, this would be in direct opposition of God's plan. There are instances in the Bible where, a God, where God or a priest has cursed someone or some situation. In fact, the word curse shows up in the Bible roughly around 194 times. But let's look at a couple of examples of this. I'm going to look at Genesis 12, verse 3. This is the NASB version. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And all you, the families of the earth, shall be blessed. Here's an example of God cursing people. This, though, goes with his will. This is not Abraham cursing the people that are against them. It is God who says he will do it in accordance with his will. And that's the big difference there. Another example is in Numbers 23, verse 7 and 8. Before we get into this, though, I want to I want to kind of set the stage. Okay, this is about Balaam, and he's a wicked prophet that kind of goes around and does his own thing. Um, but God ended up rebuking him and then turned him into uh, a prophet that actually spoke truth. Okay, so this guy would go around, just kind of say what he wanted to do, and God actually, you know, met him and, and told him, hey, you know, you're going to start working for me, basically, and you're going to start speaking truths. And I really suggest you go back and read the whole section of this. It's uh, really interesting stuff. But in this, um, King Balak of Moab saw that there was Israelites camped upon his land, and hearing of what happened to the Amorites before, he uh, sent for Balaam to curse the sons of Israel. And he told Balaam that if you go do this for me, I'm going to compensate you handsomely for your service. You know, I'm going to pay you a lot of money to come up here and curse the sons of Israel. Okay. So what happens basically is God intervenes and he tells Balaam to go back to Balak and to say what God says only. Okay. Don't, don't say anything else. Just say what I say. So I'm obviously paraphrasing this whole thing. And like I said, go back and read the account. It's really great. It starts at uh, Numbers 23.1. And it'll give you the entire picture of what's happening here. But they go there and um, they make offerings you know, to God on seven altars. 
And Balaam asked King Balak to stay by the offerings, and he would let him know if God came to meet him and what God said to him. So Balak stayed, and the Lord did meet with Balaam. And after they spoke, he told Balaam to go back and tell Balak to speak these words. Once he returned, Balak and the leaders of Moab were there at the offerings, and Balaam speaks. This is in verse 7. He says, And he took up his discourse and said, From Aram Balak has brought me, Moab's king from the mountains of the east, come curse Jacob for me, and come denounce Israel. And in verse 8, he says to the king here, How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Okay, so what he's saying here is he's telling the story, saying, like, you told me to come here and, and you know, curse Jacob for you. Come here and, and denounce Israel and, and curse, you know, the Israelites. And I'm telling you from my conversation with God, I don't have the right, the ability or the authority to do such a thing because it goes against what God has said. God has not cursed these folks. So how can I curse him if he has not? And this goes on two more times where Balak asks Balaam to curse Israel. And the overall message that Balaam gives to Balak is blessings for his enemies instead of cursing them. And that he must speak the truth of what the Lord has given him. So he's telling him like, I can't do this. The Lord has spoken truth to me, and I cannot go against God's truth. He also did not use God's name to benefit himself financially or to justify his own actions. So Balaam could have easily been like, yeah, I'll do this, and I'll get all this money, and I'll gain you know, financially from this, or I can you know, kind of twist what God said to, to do what I wanted to do, but he didn't. He said exactly what God told him to say, and he didn't take his name in vain. So the overall takeaway is that Balaam did not go against the will of God and curse the Israelites. He did not take the Lord's name in vain and curse him in God's name. He did not, you know, do anything that, that Balak wanted. In fact, he did the exact opposite of what he wanted to do. And if he had cursed the Israelites against God's command, then he would have broken that third commandment. But since he didn't, he didn't break it. We're going to move on then from this section into Deuteronomy 11, verse 26 to 28. And here we'll see God speaking of blessings and curses to his people. So this is another instance of God talking about blessings and curses. In verse 26, he says, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today by following other gods which you have not known. So here we have him telling the Israelites that they will be blessed if they follow his commandments, but they'll be cursed if they don't and they start following other gods. Okay, and this goes all the way back to the first commandment of, I am the Lord your God, and you should not have any gods before me. So, you know, he's tying this all together. You know, we're in, you know, commandment three, and he's referencing commandment one saying, look, you know, if you do commandment, if you break commandment one, you're also breaking commandment three, right? They all go together. They're all tied together. Okay. Now I hope you can understand why we can't use, you know, God with the words, certain words. Um, By doing this, you're effectively using God's name to curse something or that you're, you may not, that may not be within God's judgments. Okay. So when somebody says, you know, you know, they, they grab a wrench and they just, you know, they, they curse at it using God's names. Like, does, does that really need to be cursed by God? Okay. Of course not. But you just ask God to do it. You know, you just said, Hey, you know, this wrench isn't working. I want you to curse this. So we have to be very careful when we're saying things to people and we also need to go back and remember what Balaam told Balak, you know, that I am not going to curse things that God has not cursed. So now that we've established these three main reasons why we should not take the Lord's name in vain and what that means, 
So what is the big deal anyway? What does it matter if we do this? Well, we once again have to go back and think this through and process this as the first century Israelites would have done. In ancient cultures, a name had meaning, okay? It had a purpose, it had power. Even today, names bring to mind, you know, deeds and heroes and villains. If I say, you know, Moriarty, you know who I'm thinking of, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If I say, you know, Sherlock Holmes, or, you know, if I say King Arthur, you know, these names, these legends and stuff all bring back ideas and concepts and thoughts, you know, because their names, you know, they, they're intertwined with this idea. So since we're made in God's image and we are his imagers, we need to be sure that we are especially careful in how we use his name because his name has power. His name has purpose. His name has meaning. And if we don't be careful, we can actually, you know, put a black mark on his name as his imagers. So we have to be especially careful what we do with this. So let's look at a phrase that is used by a lot of people. And I don't think they know what they're, what they're actually saying when they say this, you know, they'll say, I swear to God and insert your situation here, you know, and I know I hear people say this all the time, but let's, let's take a closer look at this in the scripture in, in Deuteronomy six thirteen, you shall, he says, you shall fear only the Lord, your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. So right there, see, he says, they say to swear to God in that scripture. So it's okay for me to do it. See that right there, man. So, you know, I swear to God and if they're out of coffee. I'm going to lose my mind. But are you really going to lose your mind though? Do you know what you just said and what you have just did? So in the Bible to swear means to take an oath. Okay. And, and even, you know, if somebody says, you know, swear by this or swear to me, you're taking an oath based on that. So if you swear to God, you're taking an oath specifically to God that you're going to do something. All right. So if you say that, that you're going to lose your mind, if they're out of coffee, you just made an oath to God that you're going to lose your mind. Now you and I both know that's not going to happen. Well, uh, well I don't know. Maybe coffee is pretty awesome, but most likely you're exaggerating. Okay. And you're not actually going to lose your mind, but you've made an oath to God in his name by using that phrase. So we need to be more conscientious of how we use that phrase. And the same concept is repeated in Deuteronomy 10, verse 20. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. So you can swear all you want, but if you swear in his name, you had better be ready to follow through with it. And that leads us into the next half. And that is swearing falsely in his name. Leviticus 19, verse 21, he says, And you shall not swear falsely by my name. So as to profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. What does it mean falsely? Well, <laughs> falsely means without cause. A lying witness, a false prophet, telling lies, a liar, an action without a cause. Think back to our example. You know, what do you think applies here? So let's say, let's, back to the coffee example. What do you think applies here? I'll give you a second here to kind of contemplate that. Okay. So now with that above in mind, there's some scriptural examples of this. In Jeremiah 23, verse 25, he talks about like, I've heard what the prophets have said who prophes prophecy falsely in my name saying, I had a dream, I had a dream. Okay, so right there he's telling you, he's like, they're using my name and they're saying, oh, I had this dream and all this stuff happened and God said this and I've seen this happen on Facebook. You know, and I'm reading this, I'm like, this didn't happen. You're, you're actually, you know, using his name falsely. You're swearing in by God's name falsely because you had some dream, but it wasn't God and it wasn't scriptural. In Hosea 10 verse 4, they speak mere words. With worthless oaths, they make covenants. And the judgments sprout like poisonous weeds in the fro of the fields. 
So now that we have a better understanding of what's going on here, let's go back to the commandment and why it is important. So in this commandment, according to Dr. Michael Heiser in his podcast, The Naked Bible Podcast, episode number 288, between the timestamp of 45 to 50 minutes, he talks about the word take in the commandment. The word take in Hebrew is nasah. This means to bear, carry, to take away, or lift up. This means that we should not bear up his name or carry it or lift it up in ways we have already talked about. Because by bearing his name as an image of God, we should not be false in our representation of him. Okay, this goes back to being you know, ambassadors and imagers of God. So if we're carrying his name, we need to make sure that we carry it correctly. So let's look at this concept from 2 Corinthians uh, 5 verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So an ambassador of Christ, what did Paul mean by this? It's very simple. We've already talked about it a couple times. We represent or image Christ to others. Simply put, we represent God. Lastly, we want to talk about this. In the Lord's Prayer, it states, Hallowed be thy name. So saying this is to remind us to bear God's name well. The opposite of this is to profane it, like the way we discussed earlier. And this also expresses our desire that God's character be honored through us and others. So let's look at Ezekiel 36, verse 23. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I prove myself holy among their sight. So right there, we see it. He's saying that he is going to vindicate his holiness of his great name, which we have profaned in his midst. So this goes right back to that commandment. You got to be very careful how you use his name. You got to be very careful how we represent God. Taking all this entire podcast together, we're going to summarize it here. Number one, do not use God's name for your own personal gain. That's making money off of his name or getting something for your own glory. Don't justify your actions by blaming God or using his, him as an excuse. And do not curse or swear in his name. So as you go out there, remember Paul's words to the Corinthians. We are ambassadors of God in Christ here on earth. We represent more than ourselves and need to make sure that we are being good ambassadors. Does this mean that you're better than your neighbor? No, you're not better than your neighbor. For your neighbor is an ambassador as well. So we need to work on our relationship with God and remember that in all things, to God be the glory. I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast on The Rolled Stone. Once again, if you have any questions, please submit them to theroldstone at outlook.com. I look forward to hearing from you and hope that you continue this journey with God and Jesus along beside us. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day.